Section 7 of The Storm by Daniel Defoe. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Of the effects of the storm, damages in the country. As the author of this was an eye-witness and sharer of the particulars in the former chapter, so to furnish the reader with accounts as authentic, and which he has as much cause to depend upon as if he had seen them, he has the several particulars following from eye-witnesses, and that in such a manner as I think their testimony is not to be questioned, most of the gentlemen being of piety and reputation. And, as a publication was made to desire all persons who were willing to contribute to the forwarding of this work, and to transmit the memory of so signal a judgment to posterity, that they would be pleased to send up such authentic accounts of the mischiefs, damages, and disasters in their respective counties that the world might rely on. It cannot, without a great breach of charity, be supposed that men moved by such principles, without any private interest or advantage, would forge anything to impose upon the world and abuse mankind in ages to come. Interest, parties, strife, faction, and particular malice, with all the scurvy circumstances attending such things, may prompt men to strain a tale beyond its real extent. But that men should invent a story to amuse posterity, in a case where they have no manner of motive, where the only design is to preserve the remembrance of divine vengeance, and put our children in mind of God's judgments upon their sinful fathers. This would be telling a lie for God's sake, and doing evil for the sake of itself, which is a step beyond the devil. Besides, as most of our relators have not only given us their names, and signed the accounts they have sent, but have also given us leave to hand their names down to posterity, with the record of the relation they give. We would hope no man will be so uncharitable to believe that men would be forward to set their names to a voluntary untruth, and have themselves recorded to posterity, for having, without motion, hope, reward, or any other reason, imposed a falsity upon the world, and dishonoured our relation with the useless banter of an untruth. We cannot therefore but think that, as the author believes himself sufficiently backed by the authority of the vouchers he presents, so after what has been here premised, no man will have any room to suspect us of forgery. The ensuing relation, therefore, as to damages in the country, 
shall consist chiefly of letters from the respective places where such things have happened, only that, as all our letters are not concise enough to be printed as they are, where it is otherwise the letter is digested into a relation only, in which the reader is assured we have always kept close to the matter of fact. And first I shall present such accounts as are entire, and related by men of letters, principally by the clergy, which shall be given you in their own words. The first is from Stowmarket in Suffolk, where, by the violence of the storm, the finest spire in that county, and but new-built, viz. within thirty years, was overthrown, and fell upon the church. The letter is signed by the reverend minister of the place, and vouched by two of the principal inhabitants, as follows. Sir, having seen an advertisement of a design to perpetuate the remembrance of the late dreadful storm, by publishing a collection of all the remarkable accidents occasioned by it, and supposing the damage done to our church to be none of the least, we were willing to contribute something to your design, by sending you an account thereof as follows. We had formerly a spire of timber covered with lead, of the height of seventy-seven foot, which, being in danger of falling, was taken down, and in the year 1674, with the addition of ten loads of new timber, twenty-one thousand and eight hundred weight of lead, a new one was erected, a hundred foot high from the steeple, with a gallery at the height of forty foot all open, wherein hung a clock bell of between two and three hundred weight. The spire stood but eight yards above the roof of the church, and yet by the extreme violence of the storm, a little before six in the morning, the spire was thrown down, and carrying with it all the battlements on the east side, it fell upon the church at the distance of twenty-eight foot, for so much is the distance between the steeple and the first breach, which is on the north side of the middle roof, of the length of seventeen foot, where it brake down nine spars clean, each twenty-three foot long, and severally supported with very strong braces. The spire, inclining to the north, fell across the middle wall, and broke off at the gallery, the lower part falling in at the aforesaid breach, and the upper upon the north aisle, which is twenty-four foot wide, with a flat roof lately built, all new and very strong. It carried all before it from side to side, making a breach thirty-seven foot long, breaking in sunder two large beams that went across, which were twelve inches broad and fifteen deep, besides several other smaller. Besides these two breaches, there is a great deal of damage done by the fall of great stones upon other parts of the roof, 
as well as by the winds riving up the lead, and a third part of the pews broken all in pieces, everything falling into the church, except the weathercock, which was found in the churchyard, at a considerable distance, in the great path that goes cross by the east end of the church. It will cost above four hundred pounds to make all good as it was before. There were three single chimneys blown down, and a stack of four more together all about the same time, and some others so shaken that they were forced to be pulled down. But we thank God nobody hurt, though one bed was broken in pieces that was very oft lain in. Nobody lay in it that night. Most houses suffered something in their tiling, and generally all round the country there is incredible damage done to churches, houses, and barns. Samuel Farr, Vicar, John Gaudy, William Garrard. From Oxfordshire we have an account very authentic, and yet unaccountably strange, but the reverend author of the story being a gentleman whose credit we cannot dispute, in acknowledgment to his civility, and for the advantage of our true design, we give his letter also verbatim. Sir, meeting with an advertisement of yours in the Gazette of Monday last, I very much approved of the design thinking it might be a great motive towards making people, when they hear the fate of others, return thanks to Almighty God for His providence in preserving them. I, accordingly, was resolved to send you all I knew. The place where I have for some time lived is Besselsleigh in Berkshire, about four miles southwest of Oxen. The wind began with us much about one of the clock in the morning, and did not do much harm, only in untiling houses, blowing down a chimney or two, without any person hurt, and a few trees. But what was the only thing that was strange, and to be observed, was a very tall elm, which was found the next morning standing, but perfectly twisted round, the root a little loosened up, but not torn up. But what happened the afternoon preceding is abundantly more surprising, and is indeed the intent of this letter. On Friday the 26th of November in the afternoon, about four of the clock, a country fellow came running to me in a great fright, and very earnestly entreated me to go and see a pillar, as he called it, in the air, in a field hard by. I went with the fellow, and when I came, found it to be a spout, marching directly with the wind, and I can think of nothing I can compare it to better than the trunk of an elephant, which it resembled, only much bigger. It was extended to a great length, and swept the ground as it went, leaving a mark behind. It crossed a field, and what was very strange, and which I should scarce have been induced to believe, had I not myself seen it, besides several countrymen who were 
astonished at it meeting with an oak that stood towards the middle of the field snapped the body of it asunder afterwards crossing a road it sucked up the water that was in the cart ruts then coming to an old barn it tumbled it down and the thatch that was on the top was carried about by the wind which was then very high in great confusion after this i followed it no farther and therefore saw no more of it but a parishioner of mine going from hence to hinksey in a field about a quarter of a mile off of this place was on the sudden knocked down and lay upon the place till some people came by and brought him home and he is not yet quite recovered having examined him by all i can collect both from the time and place and manner of his being knocked down i must conclude it was done by the spout which if its force had not been much abated had certainly killed him and indeed i attribute his illness more to the fright than the sudden force with which he was struck down i will not now enter into a dissertation on the cause of spouts but by what i can understand they are caused by nothing but the circumgyration of the clouds made by two contrary winds meeting in a point and condensing the cloud till it falls in the shape we see it which by the twisting motion sucks up water and doth much mischief to ships at sea where they happen oftener than at land whichever of the two winds prevails as in the above mentioned was the south-west at last dissolves and dissipates the cloud and then the spout disappears this is all i have to communicate to you wishing you all imaginable success in your collection whether you insert this account i leave wholly to your own discretion but can assure you that to most of these things though very surprising i was myself an eyewitness i am sir your humble servant joseph ralton december twelfth seventeen o three the judicious reader will observe here that this strange spout or cloud or what else it may be called was seen the evening before the great storm from whence is confirmed what i have said before of the violent agitation of the air for some time before the tempest a short but very regular account from northampton the reader may take in the following letter the person being of undoubted credit and reputation in the town and the particulars very well worth remark sir having seen in the gazette and intimation that there would be a memorial drawn up of the late terrible wind and the effects of it and that the composer desired informations from credible persons the better to enable him to do the same i thought good to intimate what happened in this town and its neighbourhood one 
the weathercock of all saints church being placed on a mighty spindle of iron was bowed together and made useless many sheets of lead on that church as also on st giles and st sepulchres rolled up like a scroll three windmills belonging to the town blown down to the amazement of all beholders the mighty upright post below the floor of the mills being snapped in two like a reed two entire stacks of chimneys in a house uninhabited fell on two several roofs and made a most amazing ruin in the chambers floors and even to the lower windows and wainscot splitting and tearing it as if a blow by gunpowder had happened the floods at this instant about the south bridge from a violent southwest wind rose to a great and amazing height the wind coming over or athwart large open meadows did exceeding damage in that part of the town by blowing down some whole houses carrying whole roofs at once on to the streets and very many lesser buildings of tanners fellmongers dyers glue-makers etc yet through the goodness of god no person killed or maimed the mighty doors of the sessions house barred and locked forced open whereby the wind entering made a miserable havoc of the large and lofty windows a pinnacle on the guild hall with the fane was also blown down to speak of houses shattered corn ricks and hovels blown from their standings would be endless in sir thomas samwell's park a very great headed elm was blown over the park wall into the road and yet never touched the wall being carried some yards i have confined myself to this town if the composer finds anything agreeable to his design he may use it or dismiss it at his discretion such works of providence are worth recording i am your loving friend ben bullivant northampton december twelve seventeen o three the following account from barclay and other places in gloucestershire and somersetshire etc are the sad effects of the prodigious tide in the severn the wind blowing directly into the mouth of that channel we call the severn sea forced the waters up in such quantity that tis allowed the flood was eight foot higher than ever was known in the memory of man and at one place near huntsville it drove several vessels a long way upon the land from whence no succeeding tide rising to near that height they can never be gotten off as will appear in the two following letters sir this parish is a very large one in the county of gloucester on one side whereof runneth the river severn 
which by reason of the violence of the late storm beat down and tore to pieces the sea-wall which is made of great stones and sticks which they call rouses a yard and half long about the bigness of one's thigh rammed into the ground as firmly as possible in many places and levelled it almost with the ground forcing vast quantities of earth a great distance from the shore and stones many of which were above a hundred weight and hereby the severn was let in above a mile over one part of the parish and did great damage to the land it carried away one house which was by the seaside and a gentleman's stable wherein was a horse into the next ground and then the stable fell to pieces and so the horse came out there is one thing more remarkable in this parish and tis this twenty-six sheets of lead hanging all together were blown off from the middle aisle of our church and were carried over the north aisle which is a very large one without touching it and into the churchyard ten yards distant from the church and they were took up all joined together as they were on the roof the plumber told me that the sheets weighed each three hundred and a half one with another this is what is most observable in our parish but i shall give you an account of one thing which perhaps you may have seen from other hands that happened in another called kingscut a little village about three miles from tedbury and seven from us where william kingscut esq has many woods among which was one grove of very tall trees being each near eighty foot high the which he greatly valued for the tallness and prospect of them and therefore resolved never to cut them down but it so happened that six hundred of them within the compass of five acres were wholly blown down and supposed to be much at the same time each tree tearing up the ground with its root so that the roots of most of the trees with the turf and earth around them stood up at least fifteen or sixteen feet high the lying down of which trees is an amazing sight to all beholders this account was given by the gentleman himself whom i know very well i have no more to add but that i am your humble servant wishing you good success in your undertaking henry head vicar of berkeley january twenty fourth the damage of the sea-wall may amount to about five hundred pounds sir i received a printed paper some time since wherein i was desired to send you an account of what happened in the late storm and i should have answered it sooner but was willing to make some inquiry first about this county and by what i can hear or learn the dismal accident of our late bishop 
and lady was most remarkable who was killed by the fall of two chimney stacks which fell on the roof and drove it in upon my lord's bed forced it quite through the next floor down into the hall and buried them both in the rubbish and tis supposed my lord was getting up for he was found some distance from my lady who was found in her bed but my lord had his morning gown on so tis supposed he was coming from the bed just as it fell we had likewise two small houses blown flat down just as the people were gone out to a neighbor's house and several other chimney stacks fell down and some through the roof but no other accident as to death in this town or near it abundance of tiles are blown off and likewise thatch in and about this town and several houses uncovered in the country all about us abundance of apple and elm trees are rooted up by the ground and also abundance of wheat and haymows blown down at huntsville about twelve miles from this town there was four or five vessels drove ashore which remained there still and tis supposed cannot be got off and in the same parish the tide broke in breast high but all the people escaped only one woman who was drowned these are all the remarkable things that happened near us as i can hear of and is all but my humble service and beg leave to subscribe myself sir your most humble servant edith conyers wells in somersetshire february ninth seventeen o three sir the dreadful storm did this church but little damage but our houses were terribly shaken hereabouts and the tide drowned the greatest part of the sheep on our common as it likewise did besides many cows between this place and bristol on the opposite shore of glamorganshire as i suppose you may also know it break down part of cheapstow bridge or the y in the midst of this churchyard grew a vast tree thought to be the most large and flourishing elm in the land which was torn up by the roots some of which are really bigger than one's middle and several than a man's thigh the compass of them curiously interwoven with the earth being from the surface or turf to the basis full and l in depth and eighteen foot and half in the diameter and yet thrown up near perpendicular the trunk together with the loden roots is well judged to be thirteen ton at least and the limbs to make six load of billets with faggots and about two years since one minister observed that the circumambient boughs dropped round above two hundred yards he hath given it for a singer's seat in our said church with this inscription thereon november twenty seventh a d seventeen o three miserere 
etc. Slimberg near Severn, December 28th, 1703. William Frith, Church Warden. Sir, by the late dreadful storm, a considerable breach was made in our town wall, and part of the church steeple blown down, besides most of the inhabitants suffered very much by untiling their houses, etc., and abundance of trees uprooted. At the same time, our river overflowed and drowned the low grounds of both sides of the town, whereby several hundreds of sheep were lost, and some cattle. And one of our market-boats lifted upon our quay. This is a true account of most of our damages. I am your humble servant, William Jones. Cardiff, January 10th, 1703. Honoured Sir, in obedience to your request, I have here sent you a particular account of the damages sustained in our parish by the late violent storm. And because that of our church is the most material which I have to impart to you, I shall therefore begin with it. It is the fineness of our church which magnifies our present loss, for in the whole it is a large and noble structure, composed within and without of ashlar, curiously wrought, and consisting of a stately roof in the middle, and two aisles running a considerable length from one end of it to the other, making a very beautiful figure. It is also adorned with twenty-eight admired and celebrated windows, which, for the variety and fineness of the painted glass that was in them, do justly attract the eyes of all curious travellers to inspect and behold them, nor is it more famous for its glass than newly renowned for the beauty of its seats and paving, both being chiefly the noble gift of that pious and worthy gentleman, Andrew Barker, Esquire, the late deceased lord of the manor, so that all things considered it does equal, at least if not exceed, any parochial church in England. Now that part of it which most of all felt the fury of the winds was a large middle west window, in dimension about fifteen foot wide, and twenty-five foot high. It represents the general judgment, and is so fine a piece of art that fifteen hundred pounds has formerly been bidden for it, a price, though very tempting, yet were the parishioners so just and honest as to refuse it. The upper part of this window, just above the place where our Saviour's picture is drawn sitting on a rainbow, and the earth his footstool, is entirely ruined, and both sides are so shattered and torn, especially the left, that upon a general computation, a fourth part at least is blown down and destroyed. The like fate was another west window on the left side of the former, in dimension about ten foot broad and fifteen foot high, sustained. 
the upper half of which is totally broke, except one stone mono. Now, if this were but ordinary glass, we might quickly compute what our repairs would cost. But we the more lament our misfortune herein, because the paint of these two, as of all the other windows in our church, is stained through the body of the glass, so that, if that be true which is generally said, that this art is lost, then we have an irretrievable loss. There are other damages about our church which, though not so great as the former, do yet as much testify how strong and boisterous the winds were, for they unbedded three sheets of lead upon the uppermost roof, and rolled them up like so much paper. Over the church porch a large pinnacle and two battlements were blown down upon the leads of it, but resting there, and their fall being short, these will be repaired with little cost. This is all I have to say concerning our church. Our houses come next to be considered, and here I may tell you that thanks be to God, the effects of the storm were not so great as they have been in many other places. Several chimneys and tiles and slats were thrown down, but nobody killed or wounded. Some of the poor, because their houses were thatched, were the greatest sufferers. But to be particular herein would be very frivolous as well as vexatious. One instance of note ought not to be omitted. On Saturday the 26th, being the day after the storm, about two o'clock in the afternoon, without any previous warning, a sudden flash of lightning, with a short but violent clap of thunder, immediately following it, like the discharge of ordnance, fell upon a new and strong-built house in the middle of our town, and, at the same time, disjointed two chimneys, melted some of the lead of an upper window, and struck the mistress of the house into a swoon. But this, as appeared afterwards, proved the effect more of fear than of any real considerable hurt to be found about her. I have nothing more to add, unless it be the fall of several trees and ricks of hay among us, but these being so common everywhere, and not very many in number here, I shall conclude this tedious scribble, and subscribe myself, Sir, your most obedient and humble servant, Edward Shipton, Vicar, Fairford, Gloucester, January, 1703-1704. End of Section 7